many tears and sorrow. I'm headed pressing for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know I God gave me blessed consolation. That's all the trials come and made me strong. Let us all see. How many have trust in the Lord? How many say through it all? say through it all I've learned to depend on Jesus Amen to depend on his weight during my ups and downs through my mountain top experiences and my valley experiences I've learned to trust in Jesus I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord how many say it's good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Let's just take a seat for one second. Uh, brother, brother Grace said he's got a thanksgiving. He wants to thank God for saving him from what could have been a, a fatal accident. Amen. And then he says, we appreciate the prayers of the saints. Brothers, if you can bring what I need here so that we can win. Amen. Is it Brother Gracie? Oh, you can stand up, my brother. Amen. Ah, there he is. Ah. Amen. You can take your seats. There he is. Where is no the car? The way you would see it, you would not believe that a person came out without even one bone being broken. That we thank the Almighty God. Amen. As we stand to our feet, just say amazing grace. Well, 
Brother Monday, if I could see you, Brother Amazing Grace. Amen. It reads as does, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, 
Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue. And if there be any praise. Think on these things. Amen. How many agree with that? Amen. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning. You made it possible for us to be here. Later, we'll return back, dear God, to our places where we've got various battles that we've got to fight. May you fight our battles, dear God. May you be gracious to us, dear God, this morning. If there are those that are sick and afflicted, may you heal them, dear God. If there are those that are despondent, may you encourage them, dear God. But whatever it is, may your people, dear God, have a personal encounter with you this morning, that when they leave this place, they can say, surely the Lord has spoken to our hearts. For that, we just want to thank you. We commit the whole service to you for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. God bless you richly. Amen. While you take your seats. Speaking on demonic invention, Amen. being invaded by demons. How many remember that? Amen. Amen. How many believe that the demonic realm is real? And if the demonic realm is real, it tells me that the angelic realm is real as well. If the devil is real, God is real. If the physical is real, the spiritual is real. Hallelujah. If sadness is real, happiness is real. If death is real, life is real. Amen. There's always a flip side of the coin on whatever we can speak about. Amen. Now, I just want to take it a, a, a bit, delve into what we spoke about yesterday, last week, and this morning I want to speak on defeating a demon of depression. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Defeating a demon 
of depression. Now, before I say a lot of things, I think maybe let's get into what I'll call the myth, myth uh, busters. Um, and there are some myths that I've got to bust before I deal with the with the sermon. Amen. Are there brothers in the house? Yes. One of the myths that I want to bust this morning is depression does not only affect women. Hallelujah. Uh, depression does not only affect women. That's one of the uh, myth busters that I want to deal with first. Amen. Second myth that I want to deal with, depression is not imaginary. It's not something that you just imagine. It is something that is real. Hallelujah. Are you here this morning? Uh, Christians, this is another myth, Pastor. Christians are not immune from depression. Hallelujah. Christians are not immune from depression. Amen. And we are going to get into where we show you, even scripturally, great men of God right in the Bible that were once affected by depression. While I'm going through the myths, one thing that you've got to keep at the top of your mind, if a problem cannot be acknowledged, the problem cannot be resolved. An unacknowledged problem is a problem that shall never be resolved. Once a problem is acknowledged, then a problem can be resolved. Are we together? Another must uh, 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 myth that we need to bust is depression is just the sadness that you can just nap out of. Depression is not just a mild sadness. It's an ailment. It's a demonic attack. It's not waking up on the wrong side of the bed. It's a condition. And a demonic condition for that matter. Are you here with me? Those who commit suicide are not cowards. That's another thing that I've got to register here. Uh, Depression does not only affect either the rich or the poor. Amen. Uh, What do we do? All right. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. That means the rich can be affected by it. The poor can be affected by it. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Amen. Now, brother, let's bring Proverbs 12, verse 25. Proverbs 12, Verse 25. Shall we read it together? It says, Heaviness in the heart of men maketh it stoop. 
But a good word maketh it let. Amen. Uh, maybe the same one, but in amplified version. We can read it together. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. But an encouraging weight makes it, makes it glad. I don't want to run ahead of myself where I get to tell you what the remedy is. But already you can see the Bible says the antidote for anxiety is the weight. Hallelujah. The antidote for the heaviness in a man's heart is the weight. Amen. So that means you came to church this morning so that you don't, you don't see the next person. You are here to get the good weight from the Lord. Because the good weight immunizes your heart from heaviness. Hallelujah. Good songs that you have heard this morning. It is meant to immunize your heart from anxiety. Are you still with me? Now, we're going to get into a lot of things, or before I get to the, uh, just bring me my uh, presentation there that I can go through. Amen. Guys, I managed to get a, an image of a ho-ho there to symbolize a demon. Amen. Because they come in different forms, so uh, therefore I thought it will be representative of what we want to speak on. There is a small fella that is under the heaviness of a demon of depression. Amen. Now, somebody, even before I get into my notes, if there is one area where people are ignorant of this demon, it is the church people. Amen. Believers are ignorant of these demons. And that is why we lose even people that are in church sometimes. We lose them to suicide after they have sung good songs, listen to the words, and go home to end it all. Where is the problem? Maybe let's, this message I need to put a disclaimer. If, if a doctor has prescribed antidepressants, antidepressants am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah, antidepressants for you. Don't go home and say, I don't take them anymore. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I've had a situation where pastor prays over a person and say, I declare you healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't take that medication anymore. That is gross irresponsibility. 
I expect you to say amen to that. Hallelujah. Yes, because I, 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 and I can see some strange looks even in the audience, but I'm going to address that. We are not Zionists. We are not ZCC here. We believe in doctors. Your prophet, the personal friend of your prophet was Dr. Ida. Hallelujah. Why? Every time he would take his family to him uh, so that he can check them out. Are you here? Now somebody say, why are you saying that? Because I, I need to be careful that somebody may not misinterpret me. Uh, and I want to talk about taking medication. I believe if a doctor diagnoses you of a certain condition and you come to the house of the Lord because this is where the Lord healeth all the diseases. Are you with me? But after the Lord has healed you of all the diseases, you still need to go back to the same doctor that diagnosed you to give you a clean bill of health. The pastor is not a doctor. The pastor is a man of God. Are you still with... I don't know whether... Do you get where I'm going with this? We are not going to be fanatical here. We want to have a balance to things. Now... If, if I'm thirsty, if I'm thirsty, why can't I just pray and say, God, just quench my thirst. Take my thirst away. Why do I have to open a bottle of water and drink water? Hmm? It is because water, God has already provided water as a means to quench thirst. Are we together? And me, when I'm thirsty drinking water, it does not mean I believe in God less. Actually, I believe in God's resources to address my need. Are you still with me? I think maybe so that we can get somewhere. This quotation, I put it right at the end. But I realized, let me read it here so that I can settle people's minds. Amen. Brother Bram says in the message, The Great Commission, paragraph 12. He says, Now, I do not take the place of a doctor. This is the prophet. God gave us doctors. And that we are thankful. The prophet doesn't say the devil gave us doctors. He says God gave us doctors. Are you here, believers? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I, I, and I, 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 I sense a bit of resistance here, but I will resolve it. That Jerusalem shall crumble by the time I'm done. He says, I am not to try to work. I'm trying to work with the doctor. If the doctor has given you all the medicine he knows how to give you, 
you can't get well and you are past his medical knowledge, then I feel that we have a right to go to God and ask God to help us. He is the great physician who promised he will do it. Uh, are you with me? Amen. So, Brother Ram tells you, a doctor has got his role to play. But when it goes beyond his medical knowledge, there is a great physician that can intervene. Are you still with me? Amen. But what I want you to take from this quotation, God gave us doctors. Hallelujah. And if God gave us, that is why, if you are due for an operation, you cannot come to church and we say, don't go. All we pray, we say, God, if the operation is necessary, may you as the great physician guide other physicians so that your child can be healed because a doctor cannot heal you. You heard Brother Matabi the other time he told about how they bring the two bones that are broken together. He says that's the best that they can do. But the healing from there comes from God. But the doctor has got to do his part and God will do his part. Are you? I'm saying that because we've got premature graves because of irresponsible pastors that told people that to don't get off the medication. Who are you to authorize somebody to get off the medication? If we pray for you, the doctor will say, will even look, how many times did Brother Brennan pray for people and he comes around, he says to the people, he says, listen here, I've prayed for you, but go back to the same doctor and the doctor will say, we don't see even a trace of cancer. Uh, hallelujah. Do you see they, they worked it together? It doesn't mean they just jump up and down in church and say, Brother, you are healed. And no time the brother collapses and dies. No, say, Brother Brandon was a responsible man of God. And every man that operates under this prophet has got to be responsible. Can I get an amen on that? Now, let's get here before I come to cases that Brother Brandon handled of this disease. Now, I said, and we are going to deal with a human being this morning holistically. We are going to look at the human being holistically. Now, Brother Brenham told us that you are a body, a spirit, and the soul. Are you still with me? Now, when you are a, a body, spirit, and soul, and we spoke, Brother Mom speaks about demons that attack the body, and demons that attack the spirit, and demons that attack the soul. Excuse me. Are we together? Amen. Now, he says something in this message of demonology, paragraph 18. He says, Many times you can see a person maybe of insanity. Now they may be yet a, conver a converted person filled with the Holy Ghost and yet be totally insane. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. This is the prophet speaking here. He says a person, it does not mean if a brother loses the mind, he is less of a brother. He can still be full of the Holy Ghost 
one is in a state of insanity. Already I'm trying to bust a myth that if a brother goes to a psychiatrist, don't say he's a sinner or he's an unbeliever. Hallelujah. Because Brahma says, that's right, that has nothing to do with the soul. Are you still with me? What happens to somebody that is insane? That means their reasoning is affected. That means their imagination is affected. That means their affections is affected. Their memory is affected. But Brother Brenham said that affects the spirit. So it has nothing to do with the soul. What does it mean? It means that you can be full of the Holy Ghost, but have the time, the, the days where you are down. Are you here? It does not mean that when you are a Christian, you are always on a high flight. That is a misconception. We are, we are not motivational speakers here. We deal with the realities of life. Are you together? There are times when you're going to be in the valley. As much as there are times when you're going to be on mountain top. God has got to take you to the valleys. And it is for a specific purpose. And a lot of times, even as pastors, what, what, what we sometimes, because we are more prone to come with solutions than to help people to deal with their reality. Sometimes when you are in the pit, it's not a matter of just dragging you out of the pit. Sometimes we've got to teach you the purpose of that pit in your life. Because if you get into the pit and come out of the pit without understanding the lessons that you had to learn in the pit, it is useless. Uh, Are you with me, people? I hope we are together. Now, let's put it this way. I said it can be affected here. It does not mean that if a brother is crippled, it doesn't mean that he does not have the Holy Ghost. A Holy Ghost can be in a crippled person. Are you still with me? A brother can be in wheelchair and be full of the Holy Ghost. And it is the choice of God whether that Holy Ghost touches the body to heal the brother or not to heal the brother. But him being crippled does not make him less of a child of God. A brother can be blind and still be full of the Holy Ghost. You see, I'm breaking a certain notion that when you are full of the Holy Ghost, everything is 100%. God can allow certain things to be there for a specific purpose, but it does not discount you as a child of God. Are you still with me? Now, let's get into statements even before I get into my quotations. This was Elijah. Shall we read it together, the first one? I don't know, is it visible? But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. God is going to take you into wilderness. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that when you go through the wilderness, it's not the will of the Lord. God has got to take some of us 
through the wilderness so that we can trust his navigation system. Now, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. Oh, a man of God, Elijah, requesting from God that he might die. What was happening with the man of God? And said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life. Are these not suicidal thoughts? From a great prophet of God from the Bible, Elijah. Now, I want to strip you of your superman or superwoman mentality. That if Elijah, the prophet of God, can go through that, who are you? If Elijah, the prophet, can have moments of uncertainty, who are you? It is enough. Now, O oh Lord. Take away, Take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers. Was he not discouraged? And listen, he was not discouraged because he was coming from a beer hall. It was after a great convention on Mount Cayman where he withstood a false prophet. Was it 400 of them? 400 of them and he told them that my God is real. And he said to you, you pray unto your God so that he can bend the sacrifice and their God never bent the sacrifice and the God of Elijah bent the sacrifice and after he slaughtered the false prophets. But then after he heard that sister Jezebel was looking for him. Then he ran away and he was discouraged from a great service. Brother Branham said, be careful. When you have had a good Sunday, watch out what the devil does on Monday. Are you here? We are not in any way trying to tell you when you are in church that on Monday things are going to be easy. You are here so that you as the soldiers can be recharged and be capacitated to take the devil on Monday morning. That's why we don't need the God of Sunday. We need the God of every day. We don't need the Holy Ghost of Sunday. We need the Holy Ghost every day. Are you still with me? And that is why for you to have that God that is part of your daily experiences, that means you need to live for him daily. Hallelujah. Now, was that Elijah? Let's take the prophet Jonah. Jonah, in Jonah chapter 4, verse 3, the previous one was First Kings 19, verse 4, and then this is Jonah uh, chapter 4, verse 3. It says, Therefore now, O Lord, take I beseech thee my life from me. Jonah, brother, Jonah is as well as God, take my life. It tells you that life is a battle. Are you still with me? Uh, We are not going to baby or pat you on the back that is going to be easy. 
you're going to fight. You're going to fight for every inch of the ground. There are times where you will rejoice and have a testimony. And there are times when you will try to pray and it will look like your prayer hits the rooftop. And I'm bringing you into the personal lives of men of God in the Bible to see that the turmoil that they dealt with is exactly what you are dealing with. I beseech, oh Lord, take, I beseech thee my life from me. Yeah, we can read better than that. For it is better for me to die than to live. There are times where the devil will bring a trial into your life until he says, better when I'm dead than when I'm alive. Let's take Jonah again. God said to Jonah, Thou 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 well to be angry for the God? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. I'm so angry that even if I could, I could die the way I'm being angry now. Are you still with me? You, God is going to bring situations in your life. They're going to make you angry. But there is a scripture. Make sure that the sun does not set while you are angry. There are situations that are going to make you sad. Folks, hear me out here. When a person has lost a loved one, don't be prescriptive on how they mourn. There is no prescription in terms of how long they should mourn. Because some people, believers especially, if somebody has lost a child and 18 years down the line they break down and cry, they say it was a long time ago. It is never like that. Every person has got their own way of mourning. I know what I'm talking about. There are times where people come to see a sister whose husband has departed or the brother, and they say, don't cry. Why are you worried about Because they are beyond the curtain of time. Don't cry. Who are you to say I'm not crying? It's because you don't experience what I'm experiencing currently. Hallelujah. Because why? And crying is not a sign of weakness. It God made it there as a means to release a negative emotion. Uh, men are not going to say amen on that. Hallelujah. There is a proverb, if I try directly translate it from my language, they say a man is a sheep, he cries internally. That means a man must never show emotions. Hallelujah. Are we together? But I've realized when you come to God, you've got to show emotions. Hallelujah. Raise your hands with tears streaming down your cheeks and say, God, I need you. Amen. Now let's read Job 3, verse 11. He says, why die I not from the womb? You can see things were rough. 
Until the man said, no, I should have not come this way. Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Sometimes the battle will be so intense until you wish that you were a stillborn baby. Uh, Why I'm painting this? I'm trying to show you that none of us can survive a day without the grace of God. And I'm saying, if men of God that live so close to God that God spoke from lip to ear felt like this, who are we in the end time? And, you know, I, I was thinking, students would know, I passed my exams when I was at tertiary, and I only failed one subject. And the subject that I failed, it was an open book exam. An open book exam is more difficult than any other thing. Do I have students in the house that can testify to that? Do you hear me? An open book exam is more difficult than any other exam. And in the end time, we are the open book people. That means our trials are more intense than the people that lived during the time when the Bible was a closed book. Are you still with me? I'm still doing some diagnostics here. What causes depression, you know, even as I'm preaching right now, there are people that say, the sermon is not for me. <laughs> oh, it may not be now, but at some point in time, you'll remember the sermon. That's why we are recording so that when that time comes, you should say, hey, that sermon that the pastor once preached, where is it? <laughs> Hallelujah. There are times when we preach to the people that need the sermon now, and there are times when we preach for the people that may need it down the line. Are you with me? What causes depression? I said it is not just a sadness. The genetics can be hereditary. The moment we speak about the genetics in the message or within the faith realm, already you must know that it means it's a demon that targets your family lineage. That is why everyone needs the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you are going to inherit a demon that tormented your family. Are you here, people? Can I preach here? (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm speaking about depression, but don't be depressed on me. If the great-grandfather was a a polygamous man, that means you've got a polygamous spirit following you. And without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that spirit is going to catch up with you. Amen. Amen. Genetics. The brain chemistry in balance. In the brain, there could be too much chemicals or less of them. They call them neurotransmitters. 
if, if they are like that, it creates a chemical imbalance. That is why you go to the doctor, he diagnoses you and prescribes a medication for you, then you get onto that medication. Poor nutrition. Some people, they eat to console themselves. They use food as a refuge. They don't eat to fuel themselves. How many in the building have ever eaten to comfort themselves? I go first. Yes, sister. You are down in the middle of the night. Then you make your way to a fridge looking for black forest cake. And after... Oh, people, do you allow me to preach? It has been discovered by medical science that the sugar activates the area that a heroin drug activates in the brain. I think I will get the points with Brother Msavi there and Sister Rebecca Moyo there. As your pastor, I need to tell, because I, I'm, your, I'm your pastor, I'm a, I need to shepherd you on the body, spirit, and soul. Amen. Sugar is an oxygen for cancer. Medical science has proven that. There's a study where they made it where people that had cancer, they took them off sugar, and they realized that them getting off sugar somewhat stuffed the cancer cells in their body. You're an adult. Don't say at that church they say we must never eat sugar. If you pray for it and you are comfortable with it, indulge. But those that have got ear, they will do something. Sugar in your body causes inflammation. When there's too much sugar in your system, there is a way that your skin looks. And when there is no sugar in your system, the skin looks different. What I'm simply saying, every man-made way of doing things, the end thereof is death. So the food that you eat can cause depression. Hey, because I touched the food. I see the pub brigade is looking at me. Where are we going? Actually, when you eat pub, when it comes into your system, it gets converted, it becomes sugar. Hallelujah. Amen. A big bail is not a sign of success. 
I'll, I'll leave it there. Let me not go there. Amen. We want to talk about these things to avoid premature death. Are you with me? Now, depression can be a reflection of an underlying condition that you've got a certain ailment that you're not aware of and the symptom can be a depression because that particular, that particular disease may affect the hormones in the body. Now, drugs. When you take drugs, I never took drugs. Those that have taken would know. Drugs, when you take the drug, maybe marijuana. Why did they legalize marijuana? Okay, there's a debate for another day. Now, the drug, when you take the drug, it makes you to be high. That's why they say he's high. It makes you feel that you are invincible. Can I tell you, brethren, that substance abuse is not only out there, even within religious cycle, there is substance abuse. I don't know whether Brother Mitchell would know. I once worked with a lady that was addicted to grandpa. You can have a certain medication that is right for you to use. I think my sister, you would know you work in the pharmacy. There are certain drugs that you can be addicted to. That is why when you get the certain drugs, you've got to get them by prescription to avoid people from abusing them because they can use them as drugs. And that is why when the doctor has prescribed a medication for you, take the medication, but don't just take the medication. Pray over the illness because the very medication can lead to another problem. And I don't know, but I'm thinking on my feet here, I would imagine that if a person had a drug problem and goes to the doctor, they need to disclose because you need to know the background to know what you prescribe to that individual. Because why? If you don't know, you may give them a certain medication that may fuel the problem that they initially had. Stress. Causes depression. Brother Roman says we live during a neuritic age. We chase deadlines. Brothers, I know brothers in the church, they've got businesses. You know when you've got a business, the difference between an employee and, and a business owner is that the employee gets paid first. The owner gets paid last. Can you imagine the stress of paying everybody and you see that nothing is remaining in the pot? Causes stress. I believe, even before I get into the quotation, the devil has employed stress as a powerful tool in the end time to destroy lives, to destroy families, to destroy communities. Hear, brothers, hear me out. 
They asked women and say, why does when a man go out of the job, why do women leave us? Then the women answered and say, we don't leave men because they are out of jobs. We leave them because when they are out of job, they become easily irritable. They snap every moment. Then you say, it's because I don't have money. No, it's because lack of money makes you angry. I get into the quotations, some of the symptoms, it can be clustered into four categories, emotions, thoughts, physical, and behavior. Under emotions, sadness, anxiety, guilt, anger, mood swings, irritability. Under thoughts, self-criticism. You are hard on yourself. You are butchering yourself. Impaired memory. You cannot remember things. Indecisiveness. It paralyzes you. And I know some of you, there were times where things were tough. It was hard to get out of bed. And this is where I need to deal with that myth. People think when you've got money, you don't have times where things are tough. Even rich people with unlimited money in the bank, there are times where they struggle to get out of bed. Confusion, thoughts of death and suicide, in terms of physical, chronic fatigue, lack of energy, sleeping too much or sleeping too little, weight gain, weight loss, loss of motivation, substance abuse, behavior, withdrawal from others, neglect of responsibilities, changes in personal appearance. A person used to take care of themselves. All of a sudden, they just change and they become dirty. Then you wonder that this sister used to be well-groomed. What happened? Could be depression. Now, There are times where we sing, Jerusalem is my home, up the mountain. Everybody is rejoicing. And there are times when you need to say, down the valley, because there are ups and downs. Your, your life goes through a cycle. There are times where there is optimism. You look forward to things, excitement, thrill euphoria, your high point in your life, and all of a sudden, then there is anxiety. Anxiety means that you think that you are no longer in control. Then you begin to have a denial. Then fear strikes in, and now desperation, panic, regret, despondence, then you reach depression. What needs to take you out of depression, there must be a sense of hope and relief and back to optimism. So, in life, I don't know how many have gone through this cycle in life. I don't want to say how many are down the valley. I'm just simply saying how many have gone through this cycle. Are we together? So, folks, do you see why when you are here, 
you need to come to church and rejoice and say, God, I thank you. Everything is going right. And when things are not going right, you still need to come to here and say, God, I thank you that things will get better. There is a dark cloud over me, but I know it will clear. Now, let me show you that why not everybody can be a pastor. As a pastor, you get a call from a guy that is here. Pastor, that business deal is approved. They have signed. We rejoice. Hey, we thank God. He's a Jehovah Jireh. Then uh, as a pastor, I've got to rejoice you over the phone because if you rejoice over the phone and the pastor says, mm, you're going to say, there's a problem. I need to show interest and say, wow, wonderful. God bless you. Ah, we thank the Lord, everything. Now, I need to come to this stage with you. Is it together? Immediately when I drop the phone, then I get a call from the guy that is here. Pastor, you know what? I was just thinking that I must end it all. As a pastor, I must move from here to here in a split of seconds. Do you imagine the trauma? And sometimes it can be in one day. You get a call from this one. You get a call from this one. Immediately another one calls from here. During the day, you are in between. That's why you've got to pray for your pastor. And I need to tell you, a lot of pastors are depressed. And because you have made them supermen, few pastors can say, I need help. Are you with me? I was telling other people, I say, the reason a pastor has got board members is not because you, you, so that you look presidential and it's a group of men around you. They are there as a support structure. Because a pastor has got ups and downs. And if you are alone, that's why when Moses was alone, his father-in-law said, get me to assist you. When the disciples were overwhelmed, then they, they say, now let's find men that can become deacons. My view of a church is not where we come and this instrument, we're wearing nice shoes, nice uh, suits, and everybody's looking on top class because it's Sunday. No, that is not it. My view of a church is that we need to be a community. A community in a sense that we understand that as members, there are times others will be having great times during their highs. And we need to acknowledge that God is doing something in their hearts without neglecting those that may be experiencing a turmoil. Why? This church, this church must be able to make a brother to buy a brand new car. To come to church to rejoice and say, God has blessed me with a car. And the same brother to lose his job and the car is repossessed. To walk back to the church and say, I was driving last year, but I'm walking this year. And at the church, they still treat me in the same way. Uh, Are you with me? That means our interaction must never be based on material. That is why in this church, We will never treat anybody better than any other person. We've got to treat the people the same. Hallelujah. 
And uh, I'm glad uh, uh, we're having pastors' meetings the other time, and they're saying because everywhere, either in, I mean, now in South Africa, they speak about state capture. State capture simply means business interests have captured to the state. And now uh, these pastors were speaking and saying, but how do you manage business people in church that they, know they don't capture the pastor? I said the problem is that if, if a brother is successful, but that success was not given to birth by that church environment, it is borrowed from somewhere, he is likely to be troublesome. But if a brother starts here and was struggling and God blesses him and we have seen his journey, he can never be pompous. Because when you are a king, we can say, we remember when you were a shepherd. But if we don't remember when you were a shepherd, we just see you as a king, we're going to have a problem. We will be afraid to correct you. Ah, you have heard me. You have heard me. Amen. Are you still with me? Now, can we start preaching now? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Now, I want to go through how many cases, different cases, during the discernment when Brother Brenham came on the platform. Case number one, Brother Brenham says in the message, just leave my slide the way it is. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paragraph, excuse me, 39. He says, I just want to say, there's so many people passing through here that's suffering with mental oppression, which today you call it depression. Demon manifestation oppression. I saw a lady, I saw a vision break before me of a young lady. She went back there and sat down a few minutes ago. That thinks she has crossed the separating line. Don't let Satan tell you that. As long as you love God, God still loves you. Are you with me, people? Brother says, this lady is depressed. She thinks that I have crossed between the line of mercy and judgment. I'm on the other side of mercy. Brother Brahma says, as long as you still love God, God loves you. What does it mean? Uh, let's continue. It says, it has to be a creator to create that creation in your heart to make you love God. Don't believe that. Go believing with all your heart that Christ loves you. Are you with me? Now, let's put it this way. What depression attack can be divided into three components. Either you are battling with the past, or you are battling with the present, or you are battling with future possibilities. The past, it may be that there are things that have happened in your past that you say, goodness, nobody must ever find out about these things. And remember, anything that you do with the devil, the devil is going to use it against you to blackmail you. 
The devil is not a friend of anyone. Whatever you do with him, one day he will expose you. I said, God will not expose. The devil will be the one that is inviting everybody and say, look at this guy. So people are battling with the things that have happened in the past. And they are battling, they are haunted by the past. But this morning there is a remedy. This morning there is a remedy for the past. It does not matter what you have done. It could be a termination of pregnancy. God still forgives all sins. And the devil has got no right to get hold of you and use your past. And actually everyone has got the past. The prophet had the past. Your pastor has got the past. Your deacons have got the past. Everybody here has got the things that if we go into the past and we pull them, they can make you ashamed. Don't give me a holy look. Because if you do not have the past, there was no need for the blood of Jesus Christ. We are all sinners here, saved by grace. Hallelujah. None of us in the building ever had a prophet, at the age, an angel at the age of seven coming and say, do not defile yourself, don't drink and smoke, don't run around with women. No, say, we went our way, did things that we saw fit until we found the grace of God. And everyone has got things that happened in the past and they regret. But I'm glad that the blood of Jesus Christ can erase anything that happened in the past. And this morning I can stand and say, you are forgiven. Not only forgiven, but you are justified. If somebody comes to you and says, I've heard about your past, they say, hang on, I need to tell you more. There is more to my past. And you dish them out and say, guess what, furthermore, he is so fit that he should go to Calvary and die on the cross and tell me I am forgiven. I am not ashamed of my past. They define who I am today. You know, when you have sunk low into the depth of sin, you are the one that appreciates more when we sing Amazing Grace. Some people, they sing it because it's Sunday morning, but some people, they sing it, they remember where they used to be. They remember how unlovable they were. They remember how unworthy they were. And they say, God's hand was long enough to reach me when I was in that pit and pulled me out and today I'm going to rejoice. Sometimes some of us when we rejoice, don't, don't be startled and say, hey, he's getting by beside himself. No, you don't know the story behind my amen. You don't know the story behind me glorifying God. And if your story is empty, mine is not empty. There are scars that we bear and we say, goodness God, how did you see that I was fit? Not just fit to be able, but to preach your gospel. Who am I to preach the gospel? The grace of God made it possible. Oh, I need to, to provoke a sense of appreciation in message believers. Among the people in Wilbank, why are you of all the people that you should accept the message? Why of all the people you should speak about the pillar of fire? Why of all the people you should speak about the angels? Why? Are you better than them? There are people that are ten times better than you are. But what happened? The grace of God bypassed your mistakes, bypassed your background, 
bypassed your condition and God said, this one, he is mine. This one, he is mine. I think you can, you, can, you can glorify God better than that. You can glorify God better. Sister, hear me out. As we are speaking, somebody is scheduled for a divorce tomorrow. Nine o'clock at the magistrate court. You are sitting, you are rejoicing with your husband. You are after the church, you will be in the car playing music and rejoicing. Do you think it's because you are clever? And they are dumb. No, the grace of God. The grace of God made it possible for us to be who we are. And let us not ever take it for granted. And while I read, even before I come to the remedy, the best remedy to beat depression is appreciation. (laughs) Hallelujah. I I appreciate my life. I don't have everything, but I have you. I don't have every. Oh, maybe I let me give you a reason. If God had never regulated your digestive system, system, your digestive system will digest itself. As it digests, there is a parameter where it needs to stop. And so I cannot go because I will destroy this person. If you don't have anything to praise God, say, God, I thank you for the right digestive system to know the parameters. Uh, believers, you can do better than that. I see some guys are just looking at you. Hey, you can worship God and shame the devil. Appreciation. And say, God, I appreciate you. Are you not having things that you are thankful for? Okay, let's put it this way. What if, what if in the next two minutes, when you look around, you, you can see the world as a black and white. Like black and white TV. No color. Black, gray, only. What, what, gives, what makes your eye to be so adjusted that you can see that's pink, that's brown? Yes. Ah. <laughs> what, what intelligence gave your eye to be regulated in that manner? You know, a certain brother had no job. He was doing odd jobs. And Brother Brennan visited him, and the brother was depressed. Brother Brennan said, oh, brother. He looked at the brother and says, brother, I see you are struggling. You are doing odd jobs. He says, do you know how many millionaires dollar millionaires would want would trade positions with you and have the kind of woman that you have. The kind there is in the spoken way, the kind of wife that respects you even when you are broke. Do you know how many millionaires will give up their millions to have the kind of family that you have? So, you see, the brother thought the blessing is money. And because money was not there, he thought, I'm not blessed. Not realizing that there are things that money can never buy. A a woman of godly character. So, I'm simply saying, sometimes we need to pause and count your blessings. 
one by one. One by one. Let's go to case number two. Expectations. Preaching on the 1st of October, 1955. Brother Bram says, come, sister, it was in the discernment. Look this way now to live. Look and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart. Now, you are suffering from a mental oppression, which is nervousness. You keep, you keep having strange and crazy thoughts running through your mind, especially right late of evening. You get real weak. Many times you have to sit down. And when the sun is setting, you get a gloomy spell come over you. The devil is trying to tell you you are going to lose your mind. Those things are true, lady. You were praying before you came. You prayed and said, if God, if you'll give me a prayer card and put me before the platform, I will believe you will heal me. Is that right? If that's right, raise your hand. I see you were I see where you were kneeling there. Now God has rewarded you and your faith has healed you. It's gone. It was caused by menopause. Depression caused by menopause. Brother Brenham says today, menopause used to happen for, or to women that were in their senior years. He says because of the food that we're eating today, it happens to even young girls that are in their mid-twenties. And that, I would imagine that Ramachal menopause would create a hormonal imbalance in the body. Now, hear me out, brothers. Sister is sweet, married to you, cooks for you, you're having a happy family, and all of a sudden, she comes at a certain stage where she experiences menopause. Then she has hot flashes, she has irritability, she loses her mind, and you are sitting there and say, the demon is in my house. My wife is a demon. Lack of understanding. Then if you don't handle that right, it can create a divorce. Are you with me? Sometimes, Brother Bram says, when they come around to that stage, Brother, I think it was Sister Mida, when she came around that stage, you remember that's when she banged the door on Brother Branham's face. Brother Branham says it was that time of life. Brothers, it needs you to be understanding when they go through that. That is why this world has got less to offer to a very ignorant man. You need, when you fight the battle, you need to profile the battle. Where are we in terms of the battle? Let me give an example. Let's say a sister is going through a menopause. The brother is going through a midlife crisis. The children are going through adolescence. 
and they all stay in the same house. That's hell on earth. Surely that's hell on earth. What is going to balance that? It needs God to come and balance these things. So why? Your worship experience here in church must be taken back to your household. The God that spoke here, the God that you sang for here, you must take him back there. Are you still with me? Amen. Now, case number three. The message, faith. He says, you are both that with disturbance. It's a mental disturbance. It's an oppression. You are the wife of a minister. It doesn't mean that if you are a wife of a minister, you don't go through challenges. It doesn't mean like that. And actually, pastor's wives, especially in the message, most of them are depressed. It is Pentecostal, they normally put a big chair with white and put the first lady of the church there. And the message, uh, pastor's wife, we want to prove that you are nothing. It's only the pastor there. And the pastor is busy getting appreciation from everybody else. Amen. And God have mercy on us as pastors. Because now it is becoming real that some, we become men of God behind the pulpit and men of the devil in the house. It's a mental disturbance. It's an oppression. You are the wife of a minister. Your husband has got the same thing. What caused you to be this way is because of your husband. Brothers. Brothers. Our wives cannot suffer because of us. We are supposed to be a blessing to our wives. That's right. You are having family trouble. Upright, ready for a divorce. Your husband is kind of possessed. Minister, possessed, but who suffers? The wife. He has let Satan come in and take him over. That's right. Do you believe now? Is that true? Well, go on your road back rejoicing and be happy. May the evil spirit go out and never bother again through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Sometimes depression is caused by the family life. And when things are not right in the family, it creates a depressive environment for the people that are in the family. Are we together? Let me go to case number four. The Queen of the South, paragraph 96, preached on the 8th of February, 1958, says, you are suffering with extreme nervous condition. The reason this nervous condition is rough is because you have gone through a time that women go through called menopause. During the time of this menopause, you had a great struggle an oppression of the enemy 
you were prayed for during this time and you got deliverance, but it's left you in a nervous condition. Is that right? So sisters, you that are in church, as you grow and become senior or aging years, you are not immune from these things that the prophet is speaking about. You've got to be cognizant of these things. Are we together? Let me move to case number five. Perseverance preached 2nd of August 1963, paragraph 251. All right. The thing of it, the thing of it is that you are really, the trouble is you are suffering from a nervous breakdown. You are having some kind of mental scrubbles in your mind. Mental scrubbles. The word scrubbles means doubt. This person is having mental battles. And that mental battles, Brother Bram say, it's an oppression from Satan. Depression from Satan. So mind battles create, can create depression. And I don't know how many here have ever had mind battles. Some of you mind battles are triggered because you have passed 45 and things are not coming together. You're overwhelmed that where are things going to end up? It seems like things are not coming out and I'm running out of time. Then it creates anxiety. Even sisters, your sister could be unmarried and begin to have mental battles and say, but I'm becoming, uh, it looks like the biological clock is ticking. Let me tell you, God does not care about the biological clock. Uh, are we together? Don't operate on biology because biological clock can make you marry a gangster because you are chasing a biological clock. Are you still with me? Mind battles. What crazy? There are times where Satan can do certain things in your life where you doubt your worthiness as a person. Am I worthy? Feeling of emptiness, feeling of hopelessness, feeling of helplessness. And right there, Satan begins to throw doubts in your mind about you. And some people can even throw doubt about whether I'm a really a real believer. As we are preaching, sometimes the message can be so good until somebody say, it is too good for me. Because the, the devil can take anything to the other extreme. Are, are you still with me? Now, this mind battles, and I'm saying, uh, when, when, and you know that uh, when there is a strain in your life, you develop insomnia, lack of sleep. You wake up in the middle of two o'clock, your eyes are open, you are beginning to calculate this and that, you are balancing these things and that, and things are not coming together. The devil uses your thoughts to create a state of anxiety. And when you become anxious, then you become impulsive. And when you become impulsive, you become irresponsible. And when you become irresponsible, you move away from God. Are you with me? How many people have battled with mind battles in the building? Mind battles. The devil comes, he throws a thought you, you try to divorce a thought. And let me put it this way. Brother Bram say, when birds fly over your head, 
is not a problem. But it's when they build a nest. When a bird builds a nest on your head, guess what? It starts with one bait. It's going to bring, there will be other baits. Because it has to put the nest there and have eggs, and the eggs will hatch. That means one negative thought that is accommodated will give birth to other negative thoughts. And uh, same thing, one positive thought accepted will give birth to other positive thoughts. And uh, people, let's put it this way. We are looking at ourselves through the lenses of other people. That is why every person struggles with, what will the people say? Either you look at yourself through your family lenses, you look yourself through your national lenses, you look yourself through whatever lenses that you are there. But this morning I say, destroy all other lenses. And put God's lens and look at your life. You will realize that you are special. (laughs) Are you here? If if you put other people's lenses you're going to be unworthy because you're going to interpret your life the way how other people see it. But I say, destroy all those lenses. And the lens of God, the moment you put it, it says, I'm wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Fearfully made. God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. A product of grace. Mind battles. A mind battle is not immune only because, I don't know, because of life, people have realized, think that to be happy is when you have and to be unhappy is when you don't have. It does not work like that. I told you about the best neurosurgeon in the country. A senior lecturer at UCT committed suicide after he discovered a, a, a gene in the heart that causes heart attack renowned, celebrated around the world. One Friday morning, he hung himself. And the whole global community was shocked that what happened, these things that I'm talking about, the only thing that can immunize you from these things, it's a relationship with God. I didn't say, not relationship with money, not relationship with status, not relationship with recognition, a relationship with God immunizes you. Mind battles. Now, he says during the time, he says, you're having some kind of mental scrubbles in your mind. It's oppression from Satan. This has been going on for some time. It's caused your body to get weak. Your thoughts can make your body to be weak. Amen. And somebody says, depression is when the mind has long given up, but the body still wants to try one more. And you know, They can do a heart transplant, but they cannot do a brain transplant. That is why when you hear that something is falling, you don't cover your heart, you cover your head. 
because this area is where the battle is raging. Are you going to win? Are you going to overcome? It depends on your state of mind. It depends on the thoughts that fuel your life. He says, it's caused your body to get weak. Your heart is weak. You are in a very bad shape. But this, by this, your whole family is just about, it's about, it's just about into a breakdown. Mind battles makes his heart weak, makes his body weak, causes the family to be about to break up. But this war that is manifesting in the family is raging in the heart, in the mind of this man. And he did not know what was going on until he came before the prophet. And my question as a leader in the family, your thoughts, how do they affect your heart and your body and your family? He says, sir, you've been waiting for a wait, haven't you? Brother Bram diagnosis. He says, mental, you've got mind battles, makes your body weak, makes your heart weak, you are in a bad shape, and your whole family is about to break down. But, sir, you have been waiting on the wait. What does it mean? When I have my mind battles, what is the remedy? It is the spoken word. When the family is about to break down, what is the remedy? The spoken word. When my body is weak, what is the remedy? The spoken word. When my heart is weaker, what is the remedy? The spoken word. Because the spoken word is the original seed. And the spoken word will defeat Satan anywhere. Anytime and under any condition. Right now, I don't care whether there's a depression, spirit in the building, and whatever causes it. You have come here so that you can hear the word of encouragement from the Lord. And the Lord said, despite your condition, despite your imperfection, He loves you. He is rooting for you. He wants to be part of your daily battle. So therefore, don't give up. Don't quit. Uh, are, you, are you with me? Yes. Amen. Case number... Or oh, let me come to... Case number six. On the wings of a snow white dove. Paragraph 143. Brother Brim says, And you don't know what I've suffered from. Is the prophet telling the church, Mental oppression. Brother Bram tells you that he suffered from, excuse me, from depression. Every seven years, it's come. All my life. That's where I am now. Seven, eight. It has been seven times. Every, it has been eight times. Every seventh year, I suffer from depression. So, I was distressed. I cried. I begged. I pleaded. This is the prophet of God. William Brenham. With a pillar of fire. 
he tells you that he battled with this demon. And you are sitting there, you want to be a superman. And say, me? No, 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 no. I'm not a crybaby. Wait until you sink into that hit rock bottom. And you don't know how you got there and how you're going to come out. You need the grace of God. And folks, I'm simply saying meaning, when we come to church, we mean business. I don't know, I don't know what you have been through last week. I don't know what you're going to be through next week. I don't know what news are you going to receive. I don't know what battles are you going to receive, fight. But there's one thing that I've got to say as a minister of the gospel. There is no battle that is too small for him not to be involved. There is no battle that is too big for him not to be involved. He is interested in all our battles. From Monday to the other Monday. 24-7, our God is interested. And if it comes a time where you find yourself in the middle of the night and you want to give up and say, I tried this and I tried that, it never worked out. Hear me. Don't give up. Right there, as we said on Wednesday, change the frequency of your thoughts. From low frequency to higher frequency. From a feeling of despondent, because David, he came to a time where the, the, the whole men that he was with, they turned their back on him and they wanted to stone him. But the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. This after the family was captured. This after Ziklag was burning. Everything had gone haywire. But David found it to encourage himself. And I say, how do you encourage yourself? The best way to beat a depression, remember the past victories. Hallelujah. No matter how, let me tell you something. No one must ever feel you, make you feel little about what you want to celebrate. If somebody, you want to celebrate something, someone says, ah, what's that? You tell them that, no, 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 you are a wrong audience. Let me pass and get to the right person. Are you here? Are we together? If you bought an old car and it is about to break and you are rejoicing to you, it's a victory. Find another person that says, brother, God has shown me with this broken car. He has shown me that he can do. I'm going to trust him based on this that he's going to do more. You don't want to get to somebody and he looks and says, hey, but your car, hey, is it is a problem. Are you here? You must learn to celebrate small victory. And every one of us in the building, there is a victory that we've got to celebrate. That victory is for that against all odds. Hundreds of billions of our fellow, fellow siblings had run the race with us, but they never made it to the egg. We made it. We are the first one that made the egg. That's why you are here. And for you to meet the egg, you had to swim upstream. In an ascetic environment, in a cruel environment, you made it while you were just a tiny cell. How much more today? Do you think the God that guided you will leave you now? He is not going to leave you now. Are you here, folks? David would have never overcome the lion had he not celebrated when he overcame the bear. The strength that he got from overcoming the bear made him to overcome the lion. 
The strength that made him to overcome the lion made him to overcome Goliath. And when he met Saul, he said, that man, I'm going to take him on. And Saul said, you are a young man. You are not a man of war. He says, the king, you don't know. I was out there in the wilderness when nobody was watching over me. And there was a lion that came and I ripped it apart. There was a bear that came. I ripped it apart. And on those basis, because I celebrated my small victory, today is another victory that is a shot from the almighty God. And the brothers, they were there and said, young man, don't go there. His brothers, discouraging him to celebrate a small victory. Are we together? And I'm saying, what are the past victories that have been attained in your life that you can celebrate and say, God, there it was you. There it was you. There it was you. And right now, I believe that the same one that was with me there, you're going to be with me here. I don't believe that there is any person that does not have past victories. No, every one of us, we've got our past victories. Let's put it this way. I know when I spoke about nutrition... Now, Brother Branham says, I want you to listen to this carefully. It's a long quotation, but I want you to listen to it very carefully. He says in the message, The Time of Decision, paragraph 4, What a fine man I found in Brother Grant. He's He's having the rallies in his own meetings. Wanted to turn it over for the sick people to pray for the sick. Brother Grant, very humbly, very humbly, has been used of God himself in praying for the sick. A great man of faith. But he stayed, he just stayed too long in the service once. It almost killed him. Weak and nervous and almost to a nervous breakdown completely. Brother Tommy Hicks, I hear he I hear is in a heart attack, overworked. God's people need a juniper tree rest. Let's just wait on the Lord, then we renew our strength as we wait on him. Don't try to do it at all. I remember staying in the prayer line for seven days and nights and eating my meal at the pulpit. Determined, I would pray for everyone that came before I sat down. There were ten times more on the last night than there were when I started. Then I almost died. I couldn't sleep. Didn't know where I was at Hartley. I was so tired and weary. Doesn't pay to do that. Jesus doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to take care of ourselves. <laughs> Did you hear that? This brother that had a heart attack, brother Tommy Hicks, when he was waking, 
He might have said, I'm doing the will of the Lord. Had a heart attack. Brother Bram said, he shouldn't have done that. Every man of God, every woman of God, they need to be under the juniper tree. Every one of us here, from time to time, you need rest. If you don't rest, and you say, me, there are some people, that when they interview them at a, at a work, maybe for a work interview, they say, what is your weakness? I'm me, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> workaholic it just merely tells us that you cannot balance, you don't, you don't know a balanced life between family and work. And the moment you say you're a workaholic, we realize that ah, if he's not going to balance and the wife gives me a problem, this guy is going to give us a problem here at work. So we don't hire you. You think workaholic, it was a positive, you were boosting about it. No, no, no. You need a balance. You need to rest. And the brother said, we need to take care of ourselves. What does it mean? As well, we are what we eat. Amen. Brother, bring this scripture here that we read together before I release you. Let's start with Proverbs 4, verse 23. Let's read it together. Keep and guard your heart. Keep thy heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence. That means you need to guard your heart. Hallelujah. Your heart must never be unguarded. And I'm going to show you the repercussions of having an unguarded heart. For out of it are the issues of life. How do you guard your heart? Hallelujah. Brother Bruno said the first throne was in heaven, which was the judgment seat. The second throne was in Christ. The third throne is in a man. How do you keep the heart of a man guarded? Let the God of the throne come on his throne in the heart of the man. Are you with me? Come with 1 Peter 5 verse 7. This one, I would need it in amplified version. First Peter, chapter 5, verse 7. I need it. Casting the whole of your care. Casting the whole of your care. Hallelujah. You remember the song, Cast Your Burdens Unto Jesus? Hallelujah. Because why? Depression is caused by the heaviness of the heart. But you need to cast your burdens unto Jesus. Casting the whole of your care. All your anxieties. All your worries. All your concerns. Once and for all. Hallelujah. Paul was saying, once and for all, let's take our anxieties, let's take our worries, let's take our concerns, let's give it to him once and for all. And in this service I say, let us do that. Do you have a worry? Give it to him. Do you have an anxiety? Give it to him. Do you have a concern? Give it to him. All your cares, cast them unto him once and for all. 
For he cares for you affectionately. Guys, there is a person that says, I care, but is not affectionate. Hello, sisters? A man can say, I care, but being not affectionate. Even if you ask him, uh, when is your wife's birthday? It comes and passes like Monday morning. By the way, brother, Lassimo gave me a call and said, Pastor, pray for my wife. Appreciate her. It's her birthday today. Sister Sharon, your husband phoned me and said, Happy birthday, and we must appreciate. Amen. Amen. Are we together? The brother remembered the birthday and told to the pastor. Are we together? Brother Spoo had his wife had a birthday last time. He told to the pastor and said, Pastor, help me to have a Thanksgiving. I really appreciate. Amen. Amen. So, brothers, starvation of affection is a very dangerous zone. Amen. A man is a soldier, but not in his house. A soldier against things that threaten the house, not in the house. Amen. And the, you know the danger part about women? Women talk. When women gather together, they talk. One will say, Yo, on my birthday, this is what my husband does, did for me. Right there, you, the Lord. <laughs> done nothing. Even when they talk, she excuses herself and say, yeah, let me go. I don't feel right. Are you together? And it's not because you need to have more money. No, 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 no. I think in these times of digital media, just to write a letter to your wife handwritten, it will be appreciated. Just to say that he used his hand and tell others that he didn't send me a WhatsApp. He wrote a letter to me. Amen. I know men will give me a strange look. I'm giving you a tip so that your marriage must not be under strain. Amen. Starvation, starvation of affection is a dangerous thing in our time. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. He's watching you. He's feeling you in his heart because he's affectionate about you. Are we together? Amen. Then, in closing, when you are depressed, you may not win overnight. It may be a process. I don't know how long it may take, but as long as you know 
what you are dealing with and dealing with it decisively, you are going to get somewhere. Studies indicate, I'm working towards closing, studies indicate that 70% of widows, when their husbands die, they no longer go to the same church that they used to go with their husband. Now, because the church does not know what is happening, and ministers do not know what is happening, because to a minister that is ignorant, if, if the couple was coming to church and their brother dies and the sister no longer comes, he can say to those that are remaining and say, don't be like others that believe. They didn't believe. They were just coming here accompanying the husband, not knowing that that poor widow may be a victim of depression. Because remember, when we come and we sing songs, the widow is in the church, remembers this song, and links them with the experience of her having that man there, and is no longer there, it can affect them. That is why you young sisters, and especially the wives of deacons, it is not just to carry a title. Let us visit the widows. Let us give them a call and check on them. How are they doing? Do you know it means so much for somebody to come to your house and just sit with you and have a cup of coffee with you and tell you that I've been thinking of you and I said I must pay you a visit. It is encouraging. So I, as a pastor, I'm saying, when we come to church and leave the church, our meeting place must not just be here and it ends here. Let us check on one another. Let us pray for one another. Let us encourage one another. And if somebody battles with something, don't negate it and make it seem like they are less spiritual. Depressed people have indicated that a lot of times the church never understood what they were going through because the moment they mention, somebody say, but have faith. It does not mean that if one has got depression, they lack faith. They need a support structure. Somebody that can say, I understand what you are going through. I know what you are feeling. And it has been my habit in this church that if somebody has got this battle and he fights the battle and overcomes the battle and later somebody experiences the same battle, I always say, brother, you that overcame, do you mind to share your testimony with this brother that is fighting this battle, because you overcame, your testimony may give you an encouragement. But you know what happens a lot of time? Because a church is where we put a facade. If we say, this brother was once bankrupt, and you are going through bankruptcy, how do you talk to this brother and get the learnings from him so that he encourages you? Message believers, they don't want to interact at the point of vulnerability. They want to only interact where they are supermen and superwomen. Are you still with me? And remember, there is no testimony that can give of God without it revealing your weakness. Never, never. Any genuine testimony of God begins by vulnerability. Either you will say, I was scared. Either you will say, 
I did not have money. Either you will say, things were not going right, but you've got to expose the vulnerability. And today, what makes the church to be powerless, the church does not expose vulnerability. I would imagine that if I would come as a pastor and say, church, I'm depressed. Some people will be depressed by me saying I'm depressed. Say, how can the pastor say it like that? How will the church... No, brother, we are fighting. We've got... Me, I'm a pragmatist naturally. I want to deal with the realities. That's why if you come into my office and you want to paint a wishy-washy story, it's not going to work. I'm going to bring you to a reality where we deal with the reality of the matter. Are you with me? I went to see a brother, not here, and I spoke to him. When I got there, I could pick up what was the condition of the brother medically. And I asked everybody to excuse themselves. I said, I need to speak to the brother. I said, brother, tell me, is there anything that you would want to tell me as a pastor? Then, you know, brothers, they start telling me about the dream that he had. Something came in a dream. Then I obviously have got to listen to the dream. But once the dream was done, I say, oh, now that we are done with the dream, tell me, is there something else that you want to tell me? He says, that's all. Guess what? I left. Week did not pass by. He died. I could see that he had a, a condition, which obviously we'll talk about it. It was HIV that was not cared for, and it was now going into being full-blown, and he had developed pneumonia, but he was afraid to tell me. And me, I can't say, brother, but this is the problem. No. I will say I'm available. I'll give you an ear. But because he wanted to be spiritual about something that could have been resolved. But I realized you can't blame the brother. Maybe he shared this thing with somebody, and they misused it, and that is why there is a stigma. People, we are dealing with real battles. As real battles, we need real support to be there for one another. Not being wishy-washy, not painting the pie in the sky. And I'm saying in this church, we need to provide support. And when you are not coping, for whatever reason, it is not your own fault. Raise your hand and say, I need help. You shall be helped. God bless you, Rich. Amen. Anytime. There's work for a lot of people, even for Brother Brenham. Amen. Let's just sing a nice worshiping song, Brothers Boo.
all over the building. Amazing grace, amazing grace, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, I once was lost, and now I'm found, now I'm found. Space and empty space, which needs grace, if not for grace. Amazing grace, amazing grace. Hopeless case, but grace found me. Where would I be? Only God knows. Yes. An empty space. Where would I be? Where would I be? Only God knows. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many agree? He only sees through the eyes of love. Amazing grace. my brother? Where would you be my sister? Only God knows. Thank you Lord Jesus. 
Amen. How many say it's amazing, Grace? Where would I be? Only God knows. Amen.
How many witnesses do we have in the building? One more time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
I feel the pull. We are going to wrap up in prayer.
speak to us, Lord. With music, Brother Mashabi, as he comes to wrap up in prayer. How many feel the pull this morning? He is calling you. come out of your throne, Father, and embodying the body of our pastor, Father, and speaking to us, Father. All, Father, you've spoken to us, Father, is the matters of life, Father, things that affect us daily, Father. And the reason you did to that, Father, is because you care for us, Father. Father, but we know that, Father, even though you come, Father, and speak to us this way, Father, there is the word, Father, that you've promised us, Father. It's like Brother Brandon says, Father, that whatever thing, Father, you've, you've said about us, Father, we should not believe it, Father. We should believe that that you are a children, Father. We should believe whatever the word says about us, Father. Because even Jesus Christ, Father, when he was here on earth, Father, he believed what the word said about him, Father. That he was sent from the Father to fulfill his purpose, Father. That there was no demon that could stand even in front of him, Father. Yes. Because he had power from above. The power that the Father gave him to him, Father. That is why he said, I could not do anything except the Father lead me to do it, Father. Even this morning, Father, we say with the same, Father, that each and everything, Father, that we're going to do, Father, each and every obstacle that we're going to come across, Father, mm. that we're going to be believing, we're going to go through, Father, is because your word has said that, Father, that we're gonna be not going to be defeated, Father. We are overcomers, Father. There is why even this morning, Father, there is the word, Father, that your, your, there is a saying that the word has said about us, Father, mm. that, Father, that each and everything, Father, that we're going to go through, Father, each and every uh, problem that we're going to go through, Father, it is, it is something that, Father, you have seen before, Father. It is something that, Father, you have even we have conquered before for us, Father. The only thing, Father, is for us, Father, to manifest that victory that you've said in us, Father. There is why even the, the, the word even says, Father, that it is all, Father, all, all, everything, Father, all the diseases, all things, Father, all sicknesses, Father, you have, Father, come, Father, you have given us healing for it, Father. And in the word says all of it, Father, it is not some diseases, Father, and leaving some diseases out, Father. That is why even, Father, you have come this morning, Father, speaking about mental disease, Father, depression, Father. We've seen so many people suffering from it, Father, so many people being despondent, Father, mm. having no solution, Father, being misunderstood, Father, mm. having nowhere to go, Father, mm. because nobody can understand what they are going through, Father. Mm. But you, 
been the father that sees through everything. You've been the father that can see even in your mind, Father. That can see even in our thoughts, Father. That can discern even the thoughts of our heart, Father. You can see through us, Father. That is why, Father, you've seen this morning fit to come and speak about this subject, Father. That is why you've seen it fit, Father, to come and speak to us this way, Father, so that we know that even the, the, the demon of depression, Father, we can overcome it, Father. Even the demon, Father, that can send somebody to the grave, early to the grave, without us even realizing in, in, uh, realizing it, Father. You can defeat it, Father. That is why, Father, you've given us tools, Father. You've equipped us. You've given us weapons, Father, to be able to withstand it, Father. That is why even, Father, when we come here, Father, when that demon of oppression comes, when it comes to us, Father, we know that, Father, we have a cloud, the pillar of fire, Father, protecting us from it, Father, that it will not have any effect on our life, Father, that when it comes to our Father, we will be ready for it, Father, that when we come to our Father, we can uh, stand with a weapon that we've given us, Father, that is your word. That is why even the pastor said, Father, the only thing, Father, that could come and overcome for us is your word. This is why the word said, Father, even when the, you, we could be glad because of the word that you've given us, Father. Because through it, Father, we can defeat the evil one, Father. We can give these demons many names. Yes. We have given them many names, but mm. the, the Lord Jesus Christ said, it is just a demon. It is an evil spirit mm. that as long as we believe in your word, we believe in what you have set us to be, mm. we can overcome, Father. Awesome. May you please come and touch each and every one of us here, Father. We've known that through our lives, we've gone. some of us may have gone through this demon of oppression. Mm. And like the brother Brandon says, Father, there will be others, Father, who will go through the same thing, Father. Mm. And like the pastor says, Father, mm. this tape is there that when the, the demon can come and try to attack us, Father, we'll be able to pull up the tape, play it, Father, so that we'll have a way through about how we can overcome it, Father. May you please bless the pastor, Father. We know that veg you have come out of him, Father. May you please come, Father, and fill that veg, Father. May you please, when you are in his study, Father, may you be the one who's going to guide him, Father, so that he may come and give us relevant food for our, for our season, Father. Because we know, Father, that we are fighting a spiritual warfare, and we need to be equipped for this spiritual warfare. Mm. But the only way we can be equipped, Father, is if we have spiritual food in due season. The kind of food that we need for the kind of war we are fighting, Father. Because we know, Father, it is a battle. Mm. The only way we can do is to come to your service, have training each and every way, Mm. so that each and every time when you go to our houses, Father, we are trained, saved, ready to face the battle. Because we realize, Father, that life is a battle. And except you come, Father, cover us, you come, be the one leading us, we will not be victorious, Father. But in you, Father, we know that we are victorious. We pray and thank you, Father, for the word that has come from your throne. It has touched our heart. It has come and guided us, Father. It has come and provided us a way through. And for that, Father, we'd like to thank you, believing, believing in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It says, please let me walk with you, Jesus. I've been to the mountains and to the valleys. Let me see if the song is there before we take off. Amen. Yes, I want to see. No, 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 this is not it. All right. Let me see how many stanzas. Is it only one? Is it only one stanza? No, no. That was the correct one. 
I want us to sing all of it. And then thereafter, I'm going to release you. Please let me walk with you, Jesus. How many say, please let me walk with you, Jesus? Don't ever leave me alone. For without you, I can never make heaven my home. Amen. How many have been to the mountain with Jesus? I've been in the so long. But not one time. Not one time I'm begging you, Jesus. So please let me walk with you. How many have a request, that request in their hearts? Don't ever leave me alone. Don't ever leave me alone. I can never make a heaven my home. I can never make heaven my home. He found me. He found me when I was the building. Don't ever leave me alone.
Was there another stanza? All right. Like you first say, no, I've done my job. God bless you. I think we can say as we move into the new week, Jehovah, mighty warrior, let him go with us and fight all battles, even a depression battle, he can overcome that the enemy and make you a victor. Have a blessed week. Have a blessed week. Say to your neighbor, the remedy for depression is appreciation of the Lord. Amen. That is the remedy, believers. God bless you richly. Amen. Yes. Uh-huh.